You're listening to Life and Leadership, A Conscious Journey, the podcast that shares wisdom and strength. Join your host, Dr. Michelle St. Jane's weekly conversation on how to have a positive impact for people, planet, and the wider world. If you want to live a life of intention, be proactive with your time, and bring your vision for the future to life one today at a time, you are in the right place at the right time. Let's get started. Imagine if, as Coco Chanel once said, the most courageous act is to think about yourself out loud. (laughs) Then let's have a conversation with business leaders who are parents, mentors, influencers, who are willing to gift their time, wisdom, strength and hope in celebration for International Women's Day. Let's bring them all together in one place, a diverse group of critical thinkers and leaders from New Zealand to Bermuda. Who are they? Let's start with him, a corporate leader who cares about diversity and inclusion. Her. She's black and successful. She's an Asian mum passionate about digital inclusion and enablement. She's white, a diplomat. She's a grandmother and a baby boomer who gracefully navigated many decades. Join us in conversation on this global day that's been celebrated for over 110 years. Let's choose to acknowledge the social, economic and cultural political achievements of women. Let's join the conversation, the call for action to accelerate women's equity. My podcast, Life and Leadership, A Conscious Journey, is all about engaging in conversation to celebrate the success of women and their leadership philosophies. First up, Katrina Hoskins is the founder of International Women's Day Bermuda. This started in 2015. It's all about raising awareness around gender parity, women's equity, and to fundraise for female-focused charities. Welcome. I have Katarina Hoskins here. She is the founder and heads up International Women's Day in Bermuda, and this group's been going for six years. Welcome, Katarina. Thank you for having me, Michelle. Could you share, what are your leadership philosophies as a woman? Yes, that's a very good question. Whether it's leadership or just my own philosophy, I think the first thing that really pops in my head is, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. So that was always kind of my uh, philosophy of going through life, you know, going through various businesses or, or opportunities, really. And then another quote that, I always, it's it's quite commercial. I've stole this from Nike. Just do it is another of, of those things that, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Also, another one that I really focus on is focus on solutions and ask for suggestions from a diverse people, because then you get really the outcome of various solutions. Very wise answers there. It's definitely the regenerative philosophies to bring in the traditional wisdom traditions, Indigenous people, and you know, all, all, all voices create choices. As long as you know you're doing the right thing, I mean, don't worry about what other people think or, you know, as long as it sounds right for you, that's usually it's the intuition that leads you to the right thing. Intuition, yes. The quietest voice. How did you come to found IWD Bermuda? 
See, that that's exactly what I was talking about. It was intuition, I think. But I have to give credit to Jeff Barron, a former OBA minister of national security who worked for the UN and who told me about the 8th of March and as being the International Women's Day and that the United Nations for years have been celebrating this day. I took this idea to a group of women and our first event was very simple. We kind of just jumped on it and said, hey, let's celebrate and make ourselves heard and seen. So we kind of organized this lunchtime event. It was just about 50 odd people. And then we kind of marched through the town in Hamilton and we donated money for the Women's Resource Center. And uh, then the following year, we added speakers to our event, you know, powerful women. And we kind of were based at City Hall. And we also invited government and other dignitaries, some of my colleagues, as I'm the Honorary Consul of Austria. So it kind of became this, uh, yeah, this annual event. Now it's What also added a complete different demographic was the schools. All of a sudden, the schools wanted to be involved. And we had these amazing head girls speaking. And it just, you know, some of them just brought tears to your eyes. Or, I mean, the the speeches were so stunning and and you almost had goosebumps and so on and I mean this year was incredible because although we were saying we can't do it um, at City Hall we are doing it virtually but I had literally phone calls and emails from various organizations that want to be part of it now and you know we have more sponsors on board so corporate entities also reaching out and so it's really, it's not just a celebration anymore. It's really a movement. And we really need to take this momentum and implement changes. And you're building on 110 years. This is the 110th year in an island that's over 500 years old, where women have been invisible, but visibly contributing the impact. The call to action this year is it's all about equality, of course. And their mantra is a challenged world is an alert world. I love this. What are your ideas around this? Yes, and a, a challenged world is an alert world. Well, speaking it in public and in offices, it's certainly a first step. But I think the change starts in your own home and at your own dining table. I have two nine-year-old boys and obviously a, a husband who's a successful lawyer it's been strange sometimes to ask my kids or my husband to to help setting the table or, you know, helping in the household because I grew up in a household where my mother stayed at home looking after the kids and the father went to work and, you know, he came home for lunch at 12.10 and, uh, you know, he sat down and expected his lunch and, you know, that was how it was done and, you know, it was socially accepted or is still socially accepted. But we have to adopt. Everything evaluates. And one and a half years ago, for example, I started working for a compliance officer as a compliance officer in a, for an investment company. And a few months ago, we did a workshop and discussed various, in various groups what changes or diversity we can add to our group. Well, when I pointed out that we had no female in our C-level positions, nor in our management, they kind of asked me, you know, would you like to 
lead this group and make the changes. And I'm telling you, it wasn't easy to say it out loud <laughs> in front of all the C-level staff. <laughs> Thank you for your courage. I agree. It's not easy to step up and express these gaps and hope they're not going to shoot the messengers. So thank you so much for your courage. I really appreciate that, Katerina. What are you most excited about with this event? I'm so delighted that you've got the school children. I was there on City Hall in 2015 when you did the first one. So I feel very honored to be interviewing you on the sixth one. You know, six years later, what are you excited about? And you're also doing it under pandemic conditions. Yeah, we have. I mean, what am I excited about? We've always had phenomenal speakers. And even though I think, it, although it's a virtual event, I do believe that many companies and schools will be able to watch this, this event from wherever they are. So, I mean, just to give a, a bit of a sneak peek of who we have. So there's Premier Burt and the First Lady. They are really big supporters of IWD. Then we have our keynote speaker is the governor, Rina Lalgi. She's taken on a big task, and I'm really, really happy that she agreed to be our keynote speaker at this event. And then we have also the Shay Keynes. She's a young Bermudian who will talk about the corporate and diversity and inclusion sector. And then there is a Mackenzie Cole Tuckett a 16-year-old young lady. She went to War Academy and she founded a non-profit organization two years ago, so only when she was 14, to celebrate women by supporting their education in Bermuda. And we also have an award. We're also giving out an award to a woman this year who has done amazing work for Bermudian children by educating them in a very specific male-dominated business sector. I can't say more, otherwise it wouldn't be a surprise, but it will be an exciting event for sure. It's quite the cliffhanger to end this recording on. So again, thank you for all that you do. I celebrate your leadership behind this and your willingness to persevere through a pandemic and highlight the positive outcome that by putting it all virtually, the accessibility becomes not only local and wider, wider access locally, but globally as well. Well, thank you very much, Michelle, for, for having me and giving me the opportunity to make it more global. And I hope your viewers will also sign up. I will post the flyer and give you the sign up information. Uh, but if you already want to look us up, we are IWD Bermuda on uh, social media. And uh, as I said, I will uh, send you the link with the sign up information. Jonathan Rice, a corporate leader who is courageous and outspoken in regards to his stand on diversity and inclusion. He's the Managing Director of Strategic Risk Solutions. Jonathan cares deeply about DNI and the culture of business. Jonathan, I'd really like to share your leadership philosophies, especially around diversity and inclusion. How did you become interested in this? Well, I think I recognize that it's an important topic and I was in my prior job, I had the pleasure of building a business from absolutely scratch. I was employee number two at a, at a new startup reinsurance business in 2012. The business actually ended up evolving and the ownership ended up changing and it, and it was rebranded in 2013. And that's when I had the pleasure of working for Brian Dupereau. The business is now Hamilton Insurance Group. 
So I, I was there for uh, up until pretty recently, like you know, a few months ago in 2020. You know, I think I think when you build a business from scratch and you were there from the very beginning, you you know, you don't just have your own role. I, I was for most of my tenure there, I was a chief financial officer. So you know, the chief financial officer, you care about all the numbers and and who's spending money and where the money's coming from. Sure, but I, I always cared about everything beyond that. I deeply cared about the culture of the, of the business, and we were very thoughtful about building a culture. I'm happy to say we also had compared to most companies in the insurance industry, we also had more female leaders than most insurance companies. And I think that made us, well, I don't think, I know that made us a better company. And also, I, I guess I just have maybe more awareness than other white men, perhaps. I always speak my mind. As people know me know, I speak my mind, but sometimes that works out well, sometimes it doesn't. But people, uh, I think, appreciate me for that. Maybe what makes me a little different from most successful white males in the business world is that for most of my ten tenure, I've been a almost 30-year career. And my first boss was actually a female manager when I started at EY. And then for most of my tenure at EY, my boss was a black male. Well, I think that the issue is so complicated. It, it, it really is complicated. I used to think before, I mean, I really learned a lot. We, we formed a DNI forum, my former club, and I was the executive sponsor. And a, a lot of research was done. I learned a tremendous amount. I, it's I guess hard to give examples, but you know, I, for for a period of my life, I thought, well, well, hang on, people know that racism was wrong, and we, I don't, I don't feel, I don't think racist anymore. I, I, you know, so, I, so what's the problem? Why is there still a problem? And what you don't realize is that institutional race. No, when people talk about institutional racism, they're not necessarily talking about. It's not anyone. No one's being. Hopefully, no one's being racist. Ex, ex, trying to be racist. In fact, you could have a, a whole organization where people are really trying to not be racist and trying to be inclusive, but failing because they don't realize that just the norms are so deeply ingrained. The business world is just the finance world. The international business world was designed for white men who had wives that stayed at home and raised the kids. And, you know, all the customs of that are still deeply ingrained. The big issue is parental responsibility. Until men take more responsibility for being parents, women are always going to be at a disadvantage. That's, that's just a fact. And so that's something I spent quite a bit of time learning about and focusing on. And we, uh, my former company, we rolled out a thoughtful, uh, we didn't solve all the problems, but it took a big step in the right direction by developing a thoughtful parental leave policy, which incidentally wasn't gender neutral. We thought we'd want to end up with a gender neutral policy, but sometimes, you know, you have these policies that are like primary parent versus secondary parent. Sometimes those policies, they don't do anything. They, you know, they, they, the company proudly says they have a gender neutral policy because you can elect to be the primary or secondary parent, but actually nothing changes. The women are always the primary parent and nothing changes. This is a good example of where this, unfortunately, uh, good intentions don't translate to any progress. And because you end up, it may be even worse off. You've just spent all this time and you've come up with a, a new thing and everyone thinks they've solved the problem and they haven't. They've just, they've done nothing almost. It's just paid lip service to it. Good intentions aren't enough. You have to actually really focus and do the, the research and, and really, really focus on, on DNI. It has to become like, you have to decide it's an important process and give it the resources that you give to other important processes that are critical to your business. I want to just make one point that's really important because you mentioned that it was, it'll help because women can work from home. We're never going to get where we need to get until men take more responsibility for raising the children and sharing the parental responsibilities. So I'd like to think that the, the, the ability of men to work from home is actually the more important factor in leveling the playing field because men should share their child care responsibilities. As, as long as women have most of the child care responsibilities, we're never going to get to where we need to get to. It's as simple as that. Men have to uh, fathers have to 
share equally in the parental responsibilities. Felicia Ricketts, strategist, speaker, author, and global leader in the field of leadership and organizational development. In her role as a Global Business Connector for Women Speakers Association, her aim is for women to command their space at the front of the room, wherever that may be. Michelle Obama said, there's no limit to what we, as women, can accomplish. Thank you, Michelle. So, yes, International Women's Day, for me, really means women coming together in the spirit of growing and learning and developing as a group particularly these few years that have been very challenging for women. We have all come together through or we're coming together through a global pandemic. It has been quite challenging on women. And for me, it means an opportunity to continue to support, continue to have conversations that I think will help women raise their families, groom their families and survive through such a challenging time. Thank you, Felicia. Yeah, this year is all about how to accelerate women's equality, diversity, and inclusion. And I really celebrate that. It brings to mind two women that are my favorites. One is Madam C.J. Walker. She was a Black entrepreneur who was doing Avon before Avon (laughs) around her hair products. And she had the ladies in her community also earning, supporting, and creating community around her products and addressing their needs in terms of how to address the issues that they had. Do you have a favorite woman in business? Oh my goodness, there are, there are so many, there's so many, Michelle. But in terms of who I try to emulate, obviously the one that comes to front of mind now are the U.S. political figures. And we're talking about, of course, Michelle Obama, particularly. And that's really, not really because of the office that they hold, but because of their true spirit of owning who they are, of recognizing that they're intelligent, recognizing that they can express themselves according to whom they think they are and whom their their true worth is. So somebody like Michelle Obama, particularly, I love to watch, I love to listen to, I think particularly for individuals, for younger ladies who are coming along behind me, it really helps to show that any objective, any goal is reachable. I've been involved with the Women Speakers Association for quite some time. And for a few years, I was a bit of a passive member. But I found that what it allowed me to do was to really connect to other women to hear about, you know, some of the challenge that they were experiencing to support other women through this network. So I stepped into a role as a global business connector mid last year. And the timing was perfect because through that role, I'm able to host sessions with women, virtual now, of course, and really provide a safe space for women to come discuss some of their objectives, discuss their goals and opportunities, maybe some of their uh, weaknesses, and really provide a safe space and sounding board for them to work through some of their challenges. But even more importantly and more rewarding, it's an opportunity for women to strategize. Thank you so much. I think in terms of a last thought, we talked a lot about Women Speakers Association. With my, my core business, one of the most, I guess my, my most prideful programs is around advancing women leaders, 
within that corporate space. So I do spend time through one of my corporate alliances in helping to assess women, helping to assess their gap analysis, and then creating a solid succession plan. And in terms of women uh, in particular, that's one of my passion points is that, you know, year over year, I think a solid succession planning system within the corporate environment or within your own business, if you're a business owner, is the critical difference between the speed of your success or your, your extension within a business, within your own business or within a corporation. So that is one of my passion points, pulling together that analysis, coming back with a progression plan and just watching that implement and shine. Jeanette. Mabel, mum, AI, smart cities, fintech, digital inclusion and enablement. As she said, women are the real architects of society. Let's hear from Jeanette. Jeanette Mabel, thank you for being here today. I'm so grateful to have you as part of celebrating International Women's Day in 2021. And you know, it's time that we acknowledge all that sort of social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women out there in a challenged world as an alert world is their mantra for this time. So Jeanette, what would you want the conversation to be about? What interests you with regards to International Women's Day? I think the opportunity for getting podcasts like this or um, websites and events that happen and all the speeches and talks and things that happen to the younger generation, to the generation that's coming through to ensure that what, there is this selection of, of careers, I guess, or pathways that they can follow you know, from the ethnic community, but even from a wider community to just see see people that look like them, talk like them, you know, came from the same background as them doing different things just rather than just the sort of run-of-the-mill careers or even if it's not a career, it's just a, a pathway for your life. That's what I'm sort of passionate about because I've got two daughters. Someone asked me once, what, what, is a good, what does a better future look like? And I said a more inclusive one, so there's opportunities for everybody. And so that's what I'm about. And I, I guess my focus then is in tech. So, so making tech a little bit, demystify it a bit and ensure everyone can be part of that conversation when it comes to technology. Because if they aren't, then technology, I believe, can't benefit everybody. Coming back to women and equity and being in tech, you know, women weren't doing a lot of those kinds of studies in the computer studies and all, you know, setting up that type of thing. So the fact that they even let me was because there was a shortage. But I was able to sort of say things like, this doesn't work, this isn't real. And then of course, Jump back to this century, only, you know, three or four years ago, I'm in the global game jam with all these young, mostly guys. There was only a few, very few of us women, never more than about two, three, four. I would be playing and they're like, we want you on our team. But by the end of the game jam, they're like, wow, you know, wow. <laughs> my grandson and I were actually quality team members, um, not, but don't ask me to code. I, that was where I learned coding was definitely off my table. <laughs> so, Jeanette, any last thoughts around International Women's Day that you would share or encourage? I was just thinking while you were saying that about how there wasn't any women around during that time doing anything to do with computing. And to be honest, I never really thought of that. Like I never really, like now there's this sort of like there's a gap there and in terms of women in these careers and stuff. But I, I was just thinking while you were talking, I was just thinking about why I never thought that, why I never thought it was an issue. And it was, I think it was because when we were growing up, 
as a migrant family in Australia, I knew like there was no way that my 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 ancestors, I guess the women even, let alone the men, the women even, were into IT or anything because we came from a village and they were uneducated. So my assumption was just no one did it because there wasn't, you know, that you didn't do that back in the villages in India. And so it wasn't that they missed an opportunity or they weren't included. And then even when we were growing up, the only thing I really remember is that our family was the first one to let the women go to university. Lorene Phillips, a seasoned reinsurance executive turned founder of Clarendon Wallace, a leading corporate career coaching and leadership firm. Lorene services leadership development for professionals, both at executive and foundational level. Perlene is working strategically to develop confident, successful and diverse next-gen leaders. Adrian Rich once said, the most important thing a one woman can do for another is to expand her sense of possibilities. From my perspective, I, I think anything that celebrates women, I'm all for that. I'm from a family of all girls. And so I've always been absolutely comfortable around girls. And then I'm a mother of all boys. So I'm always now looking for opportunities to not just celebrate women, but also to connect with women. So yes, I am probably more so now this stage of my life, I guess, that I'm really understanding how valuable it is um, to acknowledge or put it there aside to acknowledge other women and their contributions. I have a couple, actually, various journeys. I, I guess my earliest woman that I admired was my primary school teacher, Mrs. Demetrius. And at the time, I didn't really understand the value and the impact that she would have on my life until many years later. But she was perhaps my first introduction to how impactful women can be to other women and mature women can be to young girls and that can impact them for a lifetime. And she just demonstrated to me and modeled for me her high expectations for me that I had to reach and I had to rise, rise to and become the very best that I could be. So I would say that was my earliest. I'm smiling as I think fondly of her because she did that uh, for all the kids that were in her class, you know, little 10, 11, 12 year olds. And so I'm very thankful for that. She laid those amazing foundation. And then in my career, I was privileged to have a mentor, Kathy Lord, who I met at 18 years old. And she was the only Black executive in the insurance industry at the time. And I was just enamored that there one existed. After she could be my mentor and she said yes. And 30 years later, we're still going strong. And then there's my mom, you know, in terms of just her living out those uh, principles and those core values that have stood the test of time, that have stood disappointments and that promotion you thought you would get that you didn't get or that job that you thought was yours that was even offered. All those disappointments that you experience, I, I believe my mom's values and her just being able to show us what a, a su successful life really looks like has been a tremendous support and a tremendous guide about the things that matters most. There is so much for us to still learn as, as women. Yes, I'm no longer in my 20s, but I'm still learning so much from other women that are ahead of me and have so much wisdom. So we still need to be mentored as seasoned professionals and as mature women. So it's a position of humility that I enjoy taking. but particularly to reach to the next generation. And that's where our legacy lies, basically. And to be intentional around that, I have started my own coaching practice for that very reason. I could have taken the easy path and just stayed in the industry and, and do well, according to everyone else. But 
our lives have to be deeper and wider and more uh, purposeful than that. And hence the reason why I started my coaching firm to specifically find a way in which I can invest strategically in local talent and build them up so that they can compete on the world stage. That's my ultimate vision for Bermuda and for, for boys and for girls and wherever that opportunity arise, I will go for it. Because when you have been given so much, you cannot help yourself but replicate that in the lives of others. So it's a joy and a privilege to be able to invest in others. Perlene McIntosh provides authentic leadership. She's all about safeguarding pension and those services. Serena Williams once said, every woman's success should be an inspiration to another. We're strongest when we cheer each other on. Thank you, Perlene. For me, when I look back at my career or my education, one thing that's always been consistent is the role that women have played throughout my career choices. It is time that we do honor them and set aside time to truly thank the women that have gone above and beyond to help other women. But for me, locally, my biggest supporter has been Monica Jones, who was a partner at Appleby at the time. I just remember... <laughs> looking at Monica and saying, this is what I want to be when I grow up. She took no nonsense. She owned the room. She knew she had every right to be in the room. She just took to me. She would speak on my behalf when I had no voice or when I felt invisible. And to this day, she's still my mentor. We still keep in contact. We still see each other. And it's a relationship that I'll always have. And because of these women, there's a natural desire for me to do the same to give back to other women and men too, and young boys and just young people in general, not just to women, but also to men as well. And, you know, I'm proud to be a woman. I'm proud to be involved in the international space. I'm proud to be involved in the local community. And I look forward to continue to be of help to as many people as I can. And my parting word would be just remember that it's really all about relationships. That's really what matters. That's what we'll take with us, the memories, and the relationships that we've formed. What I try to do is as I go about my day-to-day -day living is to be a positive impact to others, but more importantly, to encourage others to do the same as well. It's not a selfish act. It's not just, it's just for me, but to look behind and help those that are coming along as well. Karen Grace, baby boomer, grandmother, and woman of wisdom. Karen is well versed in the experiences in equality, women's access to upward mobility and respect in the world as being a woman. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, the age of a woman doesn't mean a thing. The best tunes are played on the oldest fiddles. <laughs> Mind you, Daniel Saint said she wore her scars as her best attire, a stunning dress made of hellfire. Thank you, Karen. Karen, I'm really glad you're here because you're someone who can actually speak to having known me since high school. So from high school till the end of the 20th century, where did you expect a person with my background to be? <laughs> well, you certainly achieved a heck of a lot more than, than one would have expected from someone from your generation and your background. I guess at the time that we met, most women would have probably headed into marriage and then, you know, looked after the kids, done the this, this supplementary part-time work at the supermarket or in an office or something rather like that. Very few, very few women in that in those days progressed on to careers 
some would have gone to university, but there really would have been, I guess, a very low expectation of, of many of them progressing on to a lifetime career in, in a particular area. One of the big eye-openers for me is how, as you age, you get into your 50s and your late 50s, job opportunities dwindle horrendously. When I moved back to New Zealand from Australia, I was, I'd go to job interviews and I was being interviewed by people, male and female, who were the same age as my kids. And I'd look around the environment there and think, well, all these people are the same age as my kids, so there's no way that I'm going to be seen as a fit here. So, you know, I'll go through the formality, but I do not believe that there is a job opportunity at this place for me, you know. So that becomes an issue. I think there's actually across both genders, there is a real ageism issue. It was interesting that in Australia, that once you're at 55, both you and your employer would get a tax rebate. If you were in 38 hours of employment or more per week, $500 each, I think was designed to encourage people to keep working, but also to encourage employers to employ older people. But, you know, that's not something that they've done in New Zealand. And there's lots of places in the world where there's no initiative, anything like that. So yes, job opportunities become a real problem because you're not seen as being young and dynamic. And yet experience is, and experience is not as highly regarded either, it seems. I appreciate you being here today to listen in to all this wisdom, strength and hope. I believe it's important to take time to converse. And also, let's keep an eye on the statistics and do reality checks. The gender parity clock is still running backwards. The investment collection production of data and research, how are we doing? Judge for yourself. After all, if you are not a woman, your actual entrance into this world relied on the labouring of at least one woman. And I agree with W.B. Du Bois, there's no force more powerful than a woman determined to rise. It's been a pleasure to have you here today. Take some action. Start a conversation. Reach out to me if you would like to continue talking. Leave some shares and comments and encourage another woman in your circle today or the whole community. Michelle St. Jean is a conscious steward of meaningful leadership in the world and the wider cosmos. Tune in every Thursday for real talk around life, leadership, and your conscious journey. Be ready to create and cultivate your dreams and soul-hearted desires. Your support is valued. Please subscribe. Leave a review and a rating. But more importantly, share with your connections.